right. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, and thank you, Hala, for giving an amazing khutbah on the gift of Tasbih Fatima, which I didn't even know that that's what this practice was called. It's such a, um, you know, uh, a common practice that we do after the, the daily prayers, we do this dhikr, but I didn't even know that it had that name, um, which is named after the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, daughter, um, which is again, an amazing, um, uh, an amazing feature, you know, or an amazing um, consequence of having a female uh, khatiba and imam. So thank you for bringing this knowledge to our space and inshallah to the ummah. Um, and we welcome you to our space. So thank you, Hala. You can go ahead and uh, unmute yourself. All right. Um, so is there anyone who would like to share um, a reflection um, or who would like to ask Hala a question? You can go ahead and unmute yourself because we have a smaller group today. Go ahead, Mira. Yeah. Um, thank you, Hala, so much. That was a beautiful, beautiful um, kind of like history, but also personal insight and then connecting it to our everyday lives. That was very beautiful to hear and it inspired me to inshallah do it more often. You touched towards the end on like, your meditation practice and your yoga and that's very funny because um I just got into that in a way not very funny it's very heartfelt um because I couldn't stop finding similarities in the way of like the meditation and the Buddhist practice and the like Islamic practice of it um like for example like when they when you think at the end like your practice I found myself like autumn like without thinking saying alhamdulillah so I'd love to hear more about that from you Sure. Um, everyone. Um, and thank you, Hasan. Thank you to the Women's Mosque for giving opening this platform for us to learn from each other um, and also, you know, practice our speaking and engagement and giving the safe, safe space. Um, so to your question, uh, Mira, um, I think personally, um, I think for me, like I've seen the meditation uh, connect to Islamic practices since I was little because I saw my my father do meditation, um, and he definitely did it from a very Islamic uh, point of view. The, it's called muraqaba, uh, and uh, some people allude that you know the Prophet used to go to reflect in the cave. Uh, and that's really what he was doing. But, you know, we don't have any passed down uh, narrations about, you know, the specifics of what he did. Uh, but I think uh, the more, most important thing is that he was in solitude, right? And he was, you know, he's in a cave, even if he was with his flock, supposedly when he was uh, being the shepherd, he did find himself, you know, in a secluded spot uh, and, you know, kind of, maybe connecting, uh, you know, with himself. Um, and uh, I think after coming to the US uh, and getting involved with interfaith spaces, um, I started uh, going more into towards uh, the Buddhist uh, meditation practices. I would attend interfaith services. Um, there's a really nice uh, temple in Santa Monica like across Santa Monica College. So I would just hop over there. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I would even go in a church and sit there and meditate, you know, just kind of finding that space because 
there aren't very many mosques available, right? Like if you want to just take a moment, take, you know, uh, a break. So for me, it was um, definitely I felt uh, having the space, having the, the time to connect uh, on a very basic level, it made it very simple. Uh, and then, you know, the practice of incorporating Tazbih Fatma was just like maybe a progression. Uh, uh, when I started as a child, it would just be saying, Ya Allah, uh, because, you know, it's the only word we know as, you know, the, the, the 99 names of Allah come later. So for me, um, I personally feel that uh, within the Islamic tradition, there's, we are in the middle path. Like we don't go too much in the, you know, you know, where is our mind or our uh, being going. Uh, that's again, like my, my whole existential, you can say uh, journey and I'm still on it, right? Uh, and I find myself swinging back and forth, but for me, I feel like um, the Islamic practice of prayer and meditation, it's more grounding uh, in the sense, like I feel, I can't hear you, Mira. Sorry, are you saying something? Oh, my mom was talking to me. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, for for me, you know, it's it's more about okay, I'm coming back uh, and grounding myself in the present uh, because it's very easy when we are not feeling grounded or we are feeling uh, detached from the world or the people around to go inwards. Uh, and you know, I have these tendencies where I I like to think like. I'm a monk or I can be a nun. Like when I was a child, I used to say this to my parents, like I'm gonna become a nun. <laughs> so- um, I said it too after I saw Sister Act. <laughs> I had no um, idea it would come true. <laughs> so, you know, as a child, you know, like having this tendency that, oh, you know, things don't make sense or, you know, I'm just gonna renounce everything because that's the easy way out. Uh, and it's harder to engage with difficult conversations and difficult people and difficult situations. So hey, for, I think, sorry, someone was saying something? I said, I mean, with difficult people. So yeah, I think uh, just being present with ourselves, right? I think the point of meditation is to practice being present uh, and sitting with our difficult emotions uh, and doing it with the word of, you know, names of Allah, it's like affirming that we are not alone. Uh, and a lot of times I feel in the meditation practices, right, we are, the focus is really on our, our thoughts. But when we kind of partner with Allah, or we affirm the presence of God um, within us and around us, uh, you know, you're not feeling so alone anymore. Um, and during my yoga training, this is something one of the teachers also said that uh, the reason why people gravitate towards yoga and meditation is, you know, it's simplified, like they don't talk about God, they don't talk about, you know, that people might feel it's dif dif difficult to identify because of political or social constructs. Uh, but because, you know, it's, it's, it's a very watered down, simplified version. Uh, and uh, she was like, you know, it's, it's from a, a traditional point of view, it kind of does disservice because all these sages and all these teachers, they go in really uh, in depth uh, about, you know, the certain rules you have to follow, the certain practices. Uh, and personally, I think I find within Islamic frame, framework, 
it's already simplified. Like we have prayers, we have fasting, uh, and meditation is something that can be incorporated naturally in the prayers. Uh, but I just found personally that during my phases of transition, it's easier to uh, meditate on, you know, some words versus trying to, you know, incorporate mindfulness in everything I'm doing, whether it's prayer or, you know, the daily rituals uh, within the Islamic prayer. I hope I answered some questions. Yes, Mary. <laughs> Hi. In my life, I have had a journey and my journey began with Methodism and I met and married a Jewish man and converted to conservative Judaism. After he committed suicide, I became a Catholic. And since I was a widow, I immediately thought, since I'm a widow, I should become a nun. It was very laughable. I went and visited a convent. I talked to a nun. I said, well, I'm a widow. I've been a widow nine years. I'd better become a nun. And she said, Mary, are you joyful about living with all women the rest of your life? And I thought to myself, I would rather get under a table, have my nose cut off, scream. I said, no. She said, well, God is going to give you a joy about being a nun. So that ended that. I became Eastern Orthodox and then Episcopal and then married a Lutheran, discovered I had Arab roots. So I'm studying Islam at age 75. And I have to tell you this, it is a joy to hear you because you talk about Islam as the middle way, the middle way. In many cases of meditation, what I've found are people multiply words. When we need, when I found when we need to still ourselves, quiet our minds. And I think yoga and Buddhism lead into that. But the fact, but the fact for me has been a lot is one and indivisible. You know, he has no partners. Right. And if you can exhaust yourself worshiping humans. Thank you. Don't ask me how I got here because I can't tell you. But I feel that coming to the end of my life, coming to the end of my life, it's been a gift. I can't go low enough before Allah prostrate myself low enough because of the gift of Hasna in this women's mosque. I have sat in several mosques. I've been in several different mosques and it's nice without men. I have gone head to head with male clerics of different dominations, denominations. And quite frankly, there's no point in it. Life's too short. Uh, the only thing we can work for is peace. So I feel humbled and honored to be in the presence of everybody, fellow seekers who are on the same path. And Gail, the first time I heard you, I wept. Yes, I think. And I believe I, I heard Tasneem too, and I wept because I felt as if I was coming home. I was coming home. Alhamdulillah. Your meditation, we have a pond, there's nature. So I go out, sit in nature and I'm wordless. I have no words, nothing to say, because it's all there. And I'm an old lady coming toward the end of my life, but I'm grateful, I mean. Thank you for sharing, uh, that's, that's a lot. I, I don't think I have to say anything after <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it looks like Nadira has a question. Yes. Hi, sister. Um, thank you so much for, for the talk and really appreciate um, uh, what you're doing for the woman. Uh, do you have a website or do you have, um, what is your practice? And, and can you share a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so I... Last year, when I was going deeper in my uh, meditation practice and yoga practice, 
I uh, applied for this incubator program in Abu Dhabi. And uh, basically they want to encourage uh, their young people to engage with the problems of the society more uh, because the system is not uh, set up that way. Um, I don't wanna you know, go uh, comment on the political system, but um, the civic system on, and the social uh, fabric is pretty much broken um, because there's no civic spaces. Uh, so, you, you know, coming from as a child, um, I think I kind of become very sensitive to the different political systems, the social systems, because I've seen it all like Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, I was there visiting during a dictatorship. I've studied political science, international relations. And for me, I feel like personal is political. Uh, and, you know, we have to, to be aware on how to engage with things in a manner that incorporates and engages other people. So what I'm practicing or what I'm trying to do with my started with, it's called Taskeen. Um, I have a website I can share with, uh, with you all if it's okay, Hasna. Uh, and basically what yes, I'm you doing can, uh, there- You can type is, it in the chat. Okay, sure. Um, and basically what uh, right now our focus is more about how to bring awareness, self-awareness to people, whether it's about their personalities, whether it's about the stage they are in life. Uh, so it's, it's more focused on self-awareness and how people can engage with themselves, like, you know, becoming more aware where they are in life, what they want to do in life, how can they, you know, better themselves as human beings, whether it's about, you know, understanding how we communicate naturally, what are our love languages, uh, what are our conflict management or avoidance styles, uh, you know, how can we engage our strengths to make an impact? to the people around us. So, you know, it's, uh, you can call it like, um, I don't wanna call it therapy, but it's more like social psychology based counseling. And I'm kind of deep into neuroscience uh, and cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. So, you know, how can we as people get over our fears, uh, get over our, you know, mental blocks, uh, you know, get over our limiting beliefs, um, and it's, you know, it's in a early uh, stage startup phase. Um, and I definitely, you know, because I'm a very social, uh, spiritual community person, I, I believe in um, how we can impact on a social and community level through volunteering, you know, through building bridges, um, not, not just for the sake of, okay, you know, we know each other, we are different, but okay, you know, how do we engage with those differences? Uh, because a lot of times people are like, oh, this person is different. Oh, that's beautiful. But, you know, can we go in difficult conversations? Can we engage with our difficult uh, places, the, the different challenges we deal with as a people or a community, uh, looking inwards and also looking outwards? So that's what it is. Let me just type it. Sorry. Um, how I have a question for you. So one thing that you said um, in your chutzpah was how when you were younger, um, you didn't really do the, the tasbih Fatima because you thought it was like, um, uh, you know, like you mean like rote memorization or like rush. There was no real heart 
uh, in it, right? And you rediscovered it um, as an adult. Um, and I just find like that, I, I, I just find that pattern um, with religion in general and with Islam specifically um, is blocked by so many uh, issues with the way it's taught. Um, and so like people's ability to access, you know, the benefits of prayer and Quran and all of these amazing tools that we're given a lot of times because it's done or it's instructed in a way um, that emphasizes the wrong thing um, as children or even as adults, people are kind of turned away from it or they have like a negative assumption. So they don't, they don't even start or try it. Um, so I'm curious if you were to go back in time to that younger version of yourself, how would you talk about this practice in a way where your younger self could actually understand the benefits and, and be open to receiving it? I think when my mom told us, I think I was maybe nine, nine years old, when she was like, okay, you can practice on uh, prayer beads. And, you know, the prayer beads were fun. So, you know, we'd be like, okay, you know, like we'd race me and my sister who's old, one year older than me and everything was erased. Who's going to finish Quran first? Who's going to, you know, memorize this surah first? And it was always like this, uh, definitely, you know, there was the camaraderie. Uh, but I feel like um, uh, it really depends which level the child is at. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I, I see like my daughter, she's seven and uh, she's really into art. And we talk a lot of... Uh, uh, we don't really talk about prayer root rituals. We talk about stories because I see like, you know, storytelling has, it's so powerful. So I feel, um, especially for kids, you know, having narratives that inspire them and engage them is more important than maybe telling them, oh, you know, uh, you know, this is uh, something that's going to give you, for example, right, points, because we, right. we, we learn from the point system. <laughs> you're going to get these many points, or, you know, you're going to get these many blessings. And I think, uh, because I'm always uh, reading stories to my children, you know, I think connecting with their understanding of, you know, they, they believe in magic, and they believe in superpowers. And I think, it's so much easier for them to understand when you say, oh, you know, this Tazbi gives you this, it's like a superpower. It's like energy boost, right? Like I tell her, hey, you know, can I get an energy boost hug? Or, you know, like, you know, it's, it's these things that kill the clicks with them, right? Versus me saying like, oh, you know, you're going to get points or you're going to, you know, not like you're going to, not get points. Like, I think that's a very basic level. And for us, when we were growing up, that was the level we were at. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, the timing or, you know, the, the way parenting was done was different. But I do, do want to um, share that my mother is an avid reader. Mm -hmm. She would just be reading magazines, women's stories, like there was a section on women's stories. And humor section and she'd read us out loud when we were little um, so I think there was a connection like even though she was maybe rigid about the religious rituals but there was the other aspect where she would draw art with us or or make jokes or you know like read stories uh, which at least for me personally and we were four sisters and all of our connections are very different with our mother because you know our personalities are different so um 
for a child uh, that's maybe over seven or, you know, before teen years, because I think once you hit teen years, you are going through your own uh, journey of in introspection and self-discovery. So um, I would say, you know, as a child who's seven or nine, you know, storytelling and making sure you, you're, we are speaking their language yeah. because kids are very smart and uh, they, they do want to do things to please us, but we don't want to teach them that, you know, you're doing this just to please us, but this is for yourself. Uh, and this is going to be your superpower when, you know, things get hard or difficult. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I just had an experience like that. Um, my nieces and I went on a walk, uh, uh, like right after Eid. And one of my, the oldest niece, I think they're like four and five now, um, she lost her Ken Barbie doll. And so <laughs> when she came back, she started crying. Um, and I, it was time to pray and I prayed and I, I asked God to like help me find it. Um, but then I didn't have time to search it, but I had the idea, like the kind of the image flashed in my mind of where it was. Um, and meanwhile, you know, there were like three car trips that, that were made out and they didn't find it. Um, and I didn't have a chance to go and look for it until a week later. And I made dua while I was going out on my bicycle and it was right there. Um, and so I, I, you know, gave it to her. Um, but I was like, okay, I have to tell you how I found it. And I, I like gave her a little mystery. I didn't tell her right away. And then um, a few days later, um, finally, actually yesterday, I just sat them down um, and I was like, do you know how I found it? And she was like, no. I was like, did anyone who went out to, to find it that day, did any of them stop to pray first? And they're like, no. And so I could just see the wheels turning of like, you know, this is how prayer works and you ask God first. Um, and so that's, that's definitely great advice. And, and even just for adults too, right? Like everyone is different and everyone has a different way that they relate to the world and to God. And so if we only have this one way of um, talking about Islam um, and the benefits um, and our connection to God, then we're really limiting our you know, the Muslim population to one small way of appreciating God's beauty. So. I have to tell you, yeah. childlike, I'm learning. I learned the Fatiha with these children's tutorials on YouTube, little children chanting the Fatiha. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I can listen to that over and over again because of the quality of their voices is so innocent, mm -hmm. just so innocent and trusting. And how they got these kids to record this on YouTube, I have no idea. Probably their superpowers. But there's they a, yeah, there's slowed a lot down. Of, yes, there's, yeah, I, there's I a lot of Yeah, I think it's important that we are honest. Um, and, and what I'm hearing is um, that we are honest, honest with our children, honest with ourselves. And so um, I, I love the fact of the storytelling, but I mean, storytelling works, whatever works. If it works, it works. But I believe in honesty and honesty at all times and clarity, not necessarily um, sugarcoating things, right? And so listening to everyone talk, I um, thought about my mother because my mother has always said, pray to Allah for what you want. Pray for uh, to Allah for guidance. Pray to Allah for everything. And so that's something that um, 
I don't think it's always really shared in that sense. You know, you, you, we, we say pray five times a day and it becomes a ritual and it literally becomes a ritual and not always um, concise and um, pointed to why you're actually praying five times a day. I think we sometimes get caught up in the ritual and forget why we do what we, we do and why it's asked of us to do what we do. And so, um, again, my mother would say, pray for what you want, call on Allah um, in good times and in bad time. And uh, I'll, I'll just share this one story of um, one of my uncles who are no longer with us, but uh, he and a group of uh, Muslim brothers were traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast um, to Chicago. And um, they had a very good time on all of that. Um, I believe everyone survived and they survived to come back and tell us the story. And so the story is, is when everything hit the fan, um, what they did was holler out a lot of walk bar, right? And so it was like, that, that was the story, you know? <laughs> And the call out worked, you know, because they all made it back home um, alive to tell the story. So, I, you know, I can talk a lot. So I will stop there. But um, I do like uh, the honesty, uh, you know, not necessarily sugarcoating. I, I didn't have parents who sugarcoated um, things for us. And I, I truly appreciate that. So, you know, we all have different ways of doing things. But um, and I appreciate the the Koopa sister. Um, I'm like, Hosna, I thought I was the only one that didn't know Jack nothing. And uh, so it was <laughs> nice to hear um, folks who are a little bit more knowledgeable um, attest to the fact that they uh, learned something. And so that is the beauty of the Women's Mosque of America and why I love it so. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, like you said, right, everyone's level is different. And I see in my kids, I have a four-year-old son and he had his understanding and his, the way I have to explain things to him is very different than I have to explain things to my daughter. She's seven. She's into singing. She's into art. She's into, like I said, like she loves stories. Um, she runs away from math. <laughs> Only if it's a game, she will do it. So, you know, you really, I think as a parent, I think I've learned more than I have as a, you know, someone who went to USC and studied uh, social psychology. You know, I'm like, I'm practicing everything. <laughs> So I think, yeah, it's it's a practice, you know, with our kids to to know, you know, what we have to adapt when we are teaching them. And honesty, I think the the base, the foundation has to be honesty, because if we are not doing that with ourselves, then how can we model that to our kids? Uh, so we have to be honest about what inspires us, and then you know we can. When I was married to this Jewish man, if I had known that I was Arab and Syrian DNA back then, and they were Jews, something would have hit the fan. As it was, I find out in my mid-70s, the DNA. So to me, there's an impeccable timing. There's this clockwork in the universe. These big wheels are going round and round. And I, I prostrate myself in front of that, that fearful knowledge. Um, there is an expression in Skokie, Illinois, like an Arab through Skokie, because 
Skokie, Illinois, Chicago suburb was all Jewish. This was back during the Six Day War. So whatever timing, you know, I bow before the timing. I, I bow before the timing. And it feels I, as if I know less. I know so little right now. I know less than when I was 30. My gosh, nothing in my brain. And I found every time I go in with nothing in my brain, it, it's easier. It's easier. Um, I saw three hands raised. So why don't we go with uh, Amina, then Shabnam, and then Tasneem. And then um, we have uh, our live demonstration today. Um, so we can end with that, inshallah. So Amina, you want to go first? And thank you all for everything. I'm so excited for my first time here in the Juma, the women's Juma. Um, so I have a few questions. So my first question how do you stay grounded when doing tasbih of Fatima? How do you fight distraction or mind wandering? How do you go deeper into the meditative state when doing tasbih of Fatima, especially when you might be in a mosque where there are children playing or maybe a lecture is going on? So from a personal uh, perspective, uh, I, I would say, uh, I prefer to do Tasbih Fatma uh, secluded when I don't have distractions. Um, and as, uh, as far as uh, just going deeper in the meditation, uh, it's more about focusing on the breath and connecting the breath to the, the, the words that we are reciting. So if you're saying Alhamdulillah, trying to elongate the words and kind of pairing it with the inhales and the exhalation. Um, so, you know, once you kind of start focusing on your breath and maybe elongating it, then you're really kind of honing in your presence a lot. Uh, and in my personal experience, you know, it takes time and practice because our mind is very uh, used to thinking and overthinking about things and trying to solve things and trying to connect things. So it's not as much as uh, disengaging or trying to put those things down, but it's more about coming in your own presence. So it takes effort. Um, I've gone through enough transitions in my life to know that, you know, I'm still working on them. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to say I'm like, a, you know, a guru, <laughs> uh, but I can facilitate, you know, I can definitely demonstrate how I do it. And uh, basically, like I said, it's really about focusing, um, not to disengage with, you know, everything is going on and because those things are important and those are gonna be there and we have to deal with them, but it's trying to cultivate enough patience that you wanna give yourself that gift, that you wanna be present with yourself and how to do it, how do I do it? It's really about, okay, I wanna focus on the breath, I want to elongate it as much as I can, uh, take the pauses in the middle of the breaths. And while I do that, I recite the words, Alhamdulillah, SubhanAllah, Allahu Akbar. Um, I think in the beginning, I used to only do Ya Allah, because it was one word, it you know, really made me just kind of get over the distractions more easily. But I think with the time and more practice, I feel like the three words in Tazbi Fatma, they really kind of focus, they'll focus you in 
with the practice of gratitude and surrender because it's kind of built in. So the words, like the meaning of the words actually help you also because it's like subhanallah, it's like you're really trying to shift your the thinking pattern also. And I do want to put the disclaimer that, uh, you know, there are going to be times you're not going to feel it. Uh, there are going to be times you will feel like, you know, I want to feel my pain or I want to, you know, value or I want to you know and that's valid because even within our tradition you we read Quran we read uh, Prophet Ayub's uh, story we we read so many places where people are allowed and they are expressing their grief uh, while they're remembering God uh, and they're still surrender but they they are allowed to grieve and they're allowed to be present with their pain so uh, just that because you know it it doesn't uh remembrance of god doesn't take away from what we are dealing with in life whether it's good or bad so uh, yeah and and it also doesn't have to only be um the tasbih itself so like you can you know while you're doing it after prayer you can focus on the meanings and do it in this more focused way um, but you can also infuse it into everything you're doing um, so there was this famous experiment that was done um, where they asked everyone um, is it okay to smoke while praying and everyone said no and then they said is it okay to pray while smoking and everyone said yes um, and so um, it's kind of this mental block that we have sometimes but like even when you're driving or you're walking or even listening to music that's something I do I'll say it along to the beat of the music that I'm listening to. So you can literally infuse it into everything you're doing and then reverse it, or I mean, ha have the other um, way of engaging with it where it's just the focus on that only. Um, and in that way, it becomes, you know, a thread throughout your life. I just remember, sorry, All I- right, uh, Sister Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to say, so with my kids, uh, when I was in France and uh, we had a lot of uh, French speaking Muslims, so we would, uh, we would definitely, we were speaking English, but we would be listening to songs uh, that are like uh, French and Arabic uh, songs uh, that would say, uh, so, uh, there's a Bismillah song, you can search it on YouTube, and there's like a Staffirullah song, and my kids just sing it, you know, they're like, they're so into it, and sometimes I'm like reading my tasbih, and then they, they might come and, you know, start playing with the tasbih, right, and it's, it's kind of become like, uh, almost like ironic uh, humor, like, they, they come and they mimic me, right, but for them, you know, on their level, it's more about, okay, you know, they get to say something and they have a whole story behind it, right? Like they saw a video or they saw a cartoon or, you know, their meaning is very, the meaning making for kids is very important. And if you have kids around you, maybe you can make them join you, uh, you know, kind of get in the rhythm or get in the words. Uh, but yeah, if you really want to go deeper then you know you really have to cultivate that like some people even find it easier when they're in groups because it's almost like uh, embodied um like you know where everyone is doing it together so they feel like there's that that uh multiplication or that power you get when people do things together like the group dynamics so you know i think personally speaking i would say this is uh something 
that when you're trying to be mindful or trying to be present, it's something you know we cultivate when we are trying to have our own space without distractions. But we can incorporate this as being other ways if there are kids around us. Sorry, sorry for my long-winded answer. Please go ahead. Uh, no, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, Sister Shabnam and then uh, Sister Tasneem, and then we'll do the live demonstration, inshallah. Thank you, Hasna. My God, it's been so long since I've actually sat in the Zoom session for the Juma Khutbah, and I've forgotten how just inspiring and uh, awakening it is. Uh, I have to say that the month of Ramadan for me is the month of uh, rekindling my spirit. And uh, because I have, uh, I have a tendency of changing my lifestyle in Ramadan. You know, if I if I watch uh, movies, I don't in Ramadan. If I if I uh, entertain, uh, I limit it in Ramadan. It's a very self reflection, very self um, uh, you know perspective. I, I really do self indulge in the month of Ramadan. I don't sleep all night. Um, I mean, literally, it's a month of reflection for me. And I and I remember uh, words in the Quran that helps helps hone in on that self. Um, uh, self-meditation and self-thinking and the words are that when Allah says he is closer to us than your jugular vein you don't even have to utter the words literally you could be in bed not able to fall asleep every night for me and and, and you know you literally just think about how what are the bounties of God that you have and then if you if you think about what are the trials in my life that I have the bounty way way exceeds the trials and then all of a sudden you know your thoughts and your and your what's in your heart and your words all start to align even at that one moment and then life goes back to normal again and and then you find another moment and you do that and tasbih of fatima the zahra is is just a, a, a miracle i think and also it is a gift in addition to all the other gifts my father has has his words to me and he's 90 uh, he, he always tells me, when you have anything that you think Allah hasn't heard you, just say, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Ask forgiveness from Allah. Humble yourself in a manner. Maybe we don't even think we, we have done something that requires us to ask forgiveness. But at the end of the day, humility and that grounds us that makes us feel like we are no better than anyone else and in the eyes of god oh my goodness we are nothing i'm reminded of a story of prophet dawood and i'll share just this for this group here that prophet dawood had a gift of voice he david had not only was he king david but he had a gift of voice he would sing his praises of god and one day he was singing the praises of god and a little ant a little insect, because he had the gift of communicating with the insects like his, you know, like Suleiman, his son. And so he's, the insect looked up to him and said, do you think your prayer to God is better than mine because you have this voice? And at that moment, Prophet Dawood realized that he was showing off. And the ant said, do you think God hears my little prayer? And the prophet, it humbled him. It was an insect that humbled the prophet. And so none of us, none of us are bigger than anything else. In the eyes of God, we are all the same. 
and every act of worship that we do gets us closer to him and him alone. So I pray in this group and my beautiful sisters here, the energy and the beauty and Sister Hala, your, your, amazing, um, uh, your amazing gift to us is that our journey and Mary, my God, you know, my mother is 85 and reads and learns every day. She is the reason why I am a thinker. You know, she questions the status quo and she is a beautiful person. And so let that let let, let us not be fooled. Age is just a number. Huh? And uh, <laughs> age is just a number. Our growth happens within ourselves and God has given us that that opportunity. So God bless you all, really. Alhamdulillah Hasna. May Allah give you your reward. I mean to all of you as well. Mm. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so many of you here. Um, I just wanted to uplift two things from your khutbah, Hala, that one, that it's not just a tasbi or a, a ritual, but the origin of that, of that, uh, of this ritual. And I like Hasna, like Mary, me too, or was it uh, Priscilla? I didn't know either. I just knew of it, but I don't know the origin. And so to see it as a gift given from a father to his daughter, um, say something, gives it more, makes it more special and meaningful. And also um, the progression that you spoke of of that it's, it's, it's um, nothing is by coincidence, right? Everything has meaning, everything has a purpose. And so I'm finding myself reflecting more on that purpose, which is you go from awe, which is just recognition, acknowledgement, oh, what's happening here? And then that turns into gratitude. And then that is what allows the deeper surrender. And if there is any, anything if, I mean, there's a lot we can and we should be doing as Muslims, but the definition is the one who surrenders, the one who submits. Um, so I, I'm really finding, and if there's something you wanna to add to that progression of how you have found that progression um, to be true, you know, please do. But otherwise I'm just thankful for those two gifts and, uh, and reflecting on it myself. So, yay. Thank you, Tasneem. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful. Uh, alhamdulillah. Uh, that I found Tasneem <laughs> uh, during my college days uh, 14 years ago. Um, and uh, I think something uh, that Ms. Shabnam said also, uh, when we become aware of how many blessings we have and how we can humble ourselves, right? Through humility, um, we really, we really become present. Uh, we really uh, do surrender because a lot of times, I think personally, uh, when I was going through my uh, big transitions where I felt like the world is just churning, churning me inside out, um, it can be really hard uh, to surrender because we kind of uh, get caught, caught up with our own thoughts and our own emotions. And um, it actually um, is very important to specify the importance of storytelling here because um, there's a lot of research going on and how our thoughts 
the, th- the patterns of our thoughts are actually storytelling. So, you know, the story we are telling ourselves in our own heads and the stories we tell outside, we are kind of connected. So with the rise in mental health uh, and wellness cases, especially during the pandemic, people are more alone with their own thoughts. Uh, and it's, it's actually very easy to go in the negative uh, stream of thought because we do start focusing on the have not than the, you know, what we have. And it's normal. So, you know, acknowledging what is normal, what is actually the way we are wired and why, you know, there's an emphasis in the Quran to think, to reflect. It's not like, oh, you know, God blessed you, so be thankful. It's like constantly asking us to reflect, constantly telling us God is close. So, you know, when we do are eating ourselves up from inside, <laughs> it's like, okay, wake up, you know, it's like, but that's the point, right? There are going to be times in our lives where we're going to, you know, in a, we're going to be in a place or some people get in a place much more than other people where they do go in these deeper introspective journeys where they really think in, in they, they, they feel alone. Not to say, you know, they have uh, forsaken God or they have stopped believing in God, but it's more about their pain or their understanding of their own stories and their narratives. You know, it kind of is flipped upside for them. So when we become present, right, with the Tasbih Fatma, with the, these, the gift of these words, it's about, okay, you know, how do we flip the story back to what it is versus what we are telling which might not be serving us uh, to make us more present, to make us more engaged. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, I think it, someone had said, uh, I think Nadra is asking about the limits. Uh, and this is something I also asked my um, meditation teacher that, is this something like shirk? Or, you know, are we like so focused on ourselves and, uh, you know, like uh, healing and Reiki, like, you know, is, is it like we are believing in something else other than God? And personally, you know, my answer that I received was that, you know, God gives us all these different ways of connecting with our own power of healing through God. So as long as we are clear on our intention uh, that, you know, we are not ascribing partners or we are not believing in something, we are believing it as a means. But our, at the end of the day, the intentions are more important than, you know, what we are per se, like thinking, oh, you know, these, this is a vehicle to, you know, get to the, the point of, okay, you know, what are my issues, you know, am I trying to deal with or what am I trying to process? Um, All right. Um, uh, we're we're uh, getting close to the end, so I want to make sure we have enough time to do the live demonstration. Uh, so, Hala, if you're ready to lead us through that, uh, I think we'd all appreciate the demonstration inshallah all right everyone so um basically um we after prayer we are sitting down hopefully we're sitting on the floor if we are sitting on a chair that's fine but the point is to be in a comfortable spot um i know some people don't feel comfortable during uh sitting uh when they finish their prayer like their legs are sideways so you want to make sure you know you're in a comfortable spot like you, your legs can be cross-legged, your legs can be straight, however you feel comfortable because you don't want to be fidgeting. You want to be present. 
with your breath and your your uh, meditation. So the sitting on a cushion, sitting on something, you know, that elicits elicits a feeling of flow. That's very important. So you can sit, you know, have the distractions away. Whether you know it's something you're doing if you're multitasking, uh, try to uh, you know you can record this uh, session on your phone. So you know you don't have to think about it or take notes. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna start uh, by setting the intention uh, that we are going to uh, recite Tasbih Fatima as many times in the next few minutes. And uh, the point uh, of this practice for me and for us is to become mindful of our presence in our bodies and also our presence with God. So, you know, we don't have any expectations. Uh, we will only observe what is unfolding in our thoughts through our breath and through our recitation of the tasbih. Uh, don't fight if you have uh, thoughts arising. Don't fight them. Don't try to suppress them. Uh, this is a natural state. Our minds are constructed in a way that thoughts come and go. So the 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 faster we let the thoughts pass through, the less uh, friction our mind is going to have in terms of coming back to the center and the present. Uh, so let's start. Uh, I'm going to take my tasbih, so you know, this is a good demonstration. So I'm just observing my breath here and seeing how it rises and falls. And if I'm feeling rushed, if I'm feeling pressed for time, I try to come back to my body and my breath. And we start with saying, subhanallah, subhanallah. A lot of times we rush through our tasbih. We don't take a pause in the middle. And what I found is just like it's important to pause uh, and enjoy the pauses between our inhales and exhales, it's important to let the the sound and the meaning of each word sink in between the pauses. So as you observe your breath, inhaling and expanding your lungs, you can observe your pause between the breath and how it's a respite from your lungs working, your mind jumping from thought to thought. And I like to focus on my inhale um, for four to six seconds. So when I inhale, I try to inhale, elongate my inhalation for six seconds, and I incorporate subhanAllah with it. So subhanAllah, 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 or the subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. So with each inhalation, you can say subhanAllah, subhanAllah, and then with each exhalation, you can say subhanAllah again. I've already done 33 times. So I'm going to move on to Alhamdulillah. But SubhanAllah, like I said during the khutbah, it's about bringing ourselves back to the present, back to being aware of how many blessings we have. And Alhamdulillah is being thankful for these blessings. So with each inhalation with each extension elongation of the inhalation we breathe into the alhamdulillah so alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and if you feel like 
swaying your body or tapping your fingers if you don't have a tasbih connect this is a moment to connect with yourself so connect with your body move as your body is feeling you know some people really ground themselves through the movement and salah or our prayer is beautiful gift because it's also one form of grounding by intending so tasbih fatima is another gift alhamdulillah 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 for all the blessings, for the breath, for our connection to God, for the gift of breath. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah for all the organs that are working today. Alhamdulillah for all the people who have been vaccinated and their bodies are working seamlessly with the vaccine to protect us from the virus. Alhamdulillah. 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 Alhamdulillah for the awareness. Alhamdulillah for the beautiful gathering. Alhamdulillah for the space. Alhamdulillah for the way God has made our bodies, for the way God, our breathing works. Alhamdulillah for our inhalation, taking in of our breath, the energy through God. Alhamdulillah for the pause. for the respite for our lungs for our mind for our thought alhamdulillah for the exhalations alhamdulillah for surrendering and letting go alhamdulillah for how our lungs can process oxygen alhamdulillah for how we can exhale carbon dioxide alhamdulillah for the beauty of trees and how even looking at beauty our minds and our bodies come in a place of presence and peace alhamdulillah 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 we have done more than 30 of alhamdulillah and now we are doing allahu akbar which is a very natural progression from being in a state of awareness thankfulness to a complete state of surrender to allah allahu akbar allahu akbar allahu akbar for the greatness of allah allahu akbar for allah is all expansive and all encompassing allahu akbar for the for our small presence because god is great and god is the greatest allahu akbar that god is small but made our hearts so big and so deep allahu akbar for this beautiful universe allahu akbar for our pain allahu akbar for making us feel allahu akbar for making us being able in our body allahu akbar for making ease at the end or the other side of pain allahu akbar for the awareness allahu akbar for our struggles allahu akbar because god is greatest take a moment to see how you're breathing i've always observed how during alhamdulillah my breathing is deeper and during allahu akbar my breathing gets faster allahu akbar allahu 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 akbar allahu allahu akbar allahu akbar allahu akbar allahu akbar we've done 34 times already 
But I want us to become very aware on how if we are able to recite the word Allahu Akbar for to the count of four, or you can call it to the beat of four to six, uh, like Allahu Akbar, that's almost four, four seconds or four beats. It fully integrates us back into our being, into our breath. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And that's something I find really, really profound and beautiful during our prayers, that we can recite words from Quran. It's almost like musical notes. I don't know if someone plays an instrument here or sings, but our voice is also an instrument for us to connect with our own bodies. So use that power that we have. Allahu Akbar. Allah, Allah, and because Allah is the greatest, we ask Allah to forgive us if we made any transgressions, if anyone said anything, and if anyone received something that was not to the benefit. Allah, strengthen our bonds so we can depend on each other. Strengthen our spiritual ties to you so we can depend on you more. Oh Allah, help us tap into your greatness so we can know ourselves better. Oh Allah, help us to realize your greatness so we can help the people around us through you. Oh Allah, help us to tap into your greatness. Oh Allah, help us surrender in your greatness so we don't feel burned out. We don't feel alone. Oh Allah, help us strengthen our bonds through our awareness. Oh Allah, help us connect with our pain and our blessings equally. Because through our connection, through our experiences, we can know the sweetness of our blessings. Oh Allah, through your greatness, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for any time we were apathetic to the struggles of others and even ourselves. Oh Allah, through your connection, help us be more self-compassionate so we can be compassionate towards others. Oh Allah, help us to learn all the beautiful means of engaging with ourselves, whether it's truth as be, prayer, fasting, and help us heal us through your, the power of your words the power of Quran, the power of storytelling, the power of Sirah, the life of the Prophet, and all the beautiful women, strong women that have come to pass us before us as our teachers. Allah, let us absorb the wisdom and let us pass it on to our next generation. Allah, build beautiful bonds of understanding and camaraderie between our communities. Oh Allah, help us embody the beautiful practices we have in our religion to everyone so we can share the beauty with everyone. Oh Allah, help us evolve from our base self. Oh Allah, ease the suffering of people who we cannot help physically, but we can send our prayers and our supplications for their help and help us engage in constructive ways 
so we can organize in ways that are beneficial to our community and humanity. Allah, we bear witness that there is no God but you, and we seek refuge from the evil within us. Allah, thank you for your Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that have that has left left all these blessings, all these wonderful blessings and practices for us to ground ourselves, to connect with ourselves and to you. So we can see the power that we have through you to help the humanity. Um, Thank you so much, Hala. That was really beautiful. And I'm, I'm sure everyone here feels super relaxed. I feel amazing. Um, I'm sorry we went uh, quite a bit over today, um, but I'm glad uh, so many of you stuck around. Um, and inshallah, um, uh, if you want to support us, um, we encourage you to donate. Um, and if you uh, would like to sign up um, to, uh, to take on a volunteer position um, or a paid position, please visit our website, womensmoss.com. Uh, Hala, are there any final closing words you want to say before we end today? Or reminders? Oh, uh-oh, it looks like uh, we lost her. Um, I think maybe that was a, a little slip of the finger. So inshallah, she'll be back. But um, I want to thank all of you guys uh, and ladies for joining us today. Um, it's really wonderful. And um, it's always nice when we get to do an interactive Q&A uh, like this one. So um, it was a special experience today. And I'm, I'm really glad you all joined. And for everyone who didn't speak, I see you. And I expect to see you next time. And inshallah, you'll be the first one to speak up next time. Um, but no pressure, of course. But um, okay. Hala, um, Hasna, you don't get away this easy. A lot of us in the chat have asked for this very excellent type of meditation. Mm -hmm. So any resources about the wonderful meditation that um, that Hala did. She put here. her email in the chat. Um, so okay. yeah, if you guys scroll up at usc.edu, uh, there she is, she's back. Um, so let me ask her. Um, Hala, can you hear us? I'm so sorry. No worries. I, <laughs> I think, think so my computer was too relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was just asking for any final words you have. Um, and then uh, I just shared your email again, um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you. But if you have any final thoughts before we uh, end the chat. Um, I would love to hear from others uh, what they felt, uh, if they found this practice to be beneficial, or if someone is feeling buzzed, or if someone is feeling, uh, you know, how, how is everyone feeling? Oh, uh, let's go with Amal. Uh, ask to unmute. Let's see. Um, Amal, are you able to? Yeah. There you are. Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. This is my first time, and you guys are great. I, I this is impressive. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that all these beautiful women are Muslim. The truth it was amazing. Thank you, and um, I'm gonna continue with you. Alhamdulillah, inshallah, we'd love to have you back again. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Inshallah, have a great one. had something to say. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to say, Jazakallah Hiram, for beautiful, the beautiful tasbih. And um, I 
I have a question and I'm a revert. So I'm probably going to get this wrong. But um, I, when I learned it, I learned La ilaha illallahu wadaha shrikalahu lahamulku wallahu hamd wahu alakuli shayin kadir instead of the 30, instead of the fourth Allahu Akbar. So I, I don't know if that's wrong or right in in Fatima, or maybe this is not a discussion for here and someone can privately um I'll put I'll put my um email in the chat and then maybe someone can privately advise me. What you this. learned is is perfect. It's it's correct, but I think that's something different. Oh, okay. Okay. But please yeah. share. Please what you're talking share. about is part of the um, salah, the prayer, and what Hala is instructing us uh, is on what we say after the prayer is over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. When we're, we're after we say salam and we raise our hands in dua, um, first we say these tasbih, and, and usually we start with astaghfirullah as well. Um, and um, sometimes you'll do 10 of each uh, phrase, um, the way that uh, Hala was instructing us was 33. Um, there are different versions. Um, and then after you finish all of those, that's when you uh, ask Allah, um, you know, for whatever it is that you specifically want help with. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm so ignorant of all these things. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I is the, this is my first time here as well. Is the Women's okay. Mosque, is this every Friday? Uh, once a month, um, because it does take time to train, train everyone to give a khutbah for the first time in their lives and do the adhan and all of those things. Um, and we are also uh, very heavily volunteer led and run. So um, we're just doing it once a month right now. But Inshallah, we'll see, <laughs> depending on how, how we can grow our staff and team. Inshallah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I'm going to close out now because we are uh, quite a bit over. But um, inshallah, we look forward to seeing you next month. Um, and if you're not already um, subscribed to our newsletter, please do sign up and then you'll get all of our announcements as they come out. Thank all you, right. everyone. Take, Take care. care. Take care. This rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah.